You're listening to Cowley's Instructor Podcast, where the learning never stops. Welcome, you wonderful people, and thank you for listening to Cowley's Instructor Podcast. Um, so this week it's uh, Road Safety Week, and uh, before we get into the podcast i would just like to sort of kind of ask you guys what are you doing for road safety week um are you talking to your pupils about it the the focus this year is on speed um are you sharing the posts from charities like break and the project edward um or are you creating your own posts um i recently put out a video on my driving school about um, speed and also on the instructor training page um, about how do we teach speed um, so feel free to go and have a look at those and share those if, if, if that's the way you want to but um, what I would urge you all to do is is go and do something about road safety um, so today's episode is a little bit different we're not going to be talking about the competencies or the national standards um, we've got Terry Cook on um, t- today's episode um, so Terry Cook of the Instructor Podcast and I would again urge you all to go and check out Terry's podcast if you if you don't already because it's excellent um, and we basically just talk all, um, all things CPD and get to know Terry a little bit more um, and how he can help driving instructors um, in maybe a different way to your traditional trainers. So enjoy the show. So welcome Terry Cook um, to my podcast. Um, I appreciate it can be um, a little bit nerve wracking being on a podcast. So I will, um, I'll, I'll guide you through it and, 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 and take it easy on you. Um, so I remember chatting to you recently and I said the words that you don't identify as a trainer, um, which I think you agreed with. But so my first question to you then is what do you identify as? Um, ask me that as the first question. Um, I, well, I mean, I'm male. Um, I, I probably, I don't know. What, what do I identify as? I'm, I'm, I am part driving instructor. Uh, if, oh, well, let's do it hundred percent. So I would say 70% Oh, no, if that don't work, I don't know, Phil. Okay, I help people. I help people. There's an element like of trainer in me, an element of trainer in me, but that is by no means what I would identify as. I think you're right there. Um, I think I would identify as someone that helps driving instructors. So maybe yeah. not a specific label, like a one word label, but someone that helps driving instructors. Nice. Um, I like the fact you haven't mentioned being a podcaster in there, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but... But definitely, and 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 I I would agree. I think that's how I see. Obviously, you have the podcast, you do driving lessons, but it, but you but you do seem to just help driving instructors, um, which I'm going to ask you about a little bit later because I'm intrigued how how that is different to maybe how I help driving instructors or how a tra- trainer would would sort of kind of typically help a driving instructor, and I think you go about it in a different different way. Um, but before we do that. I'd like to know how you got into the industry. Um, so, like, yeah, how did you how did you become a driving instructor? I was a professional gambler at the time and decided that probably wasn't the best long term career option. Uh, I was making enough to live off, but you know, it's, it's called gambling for a reason. Uh, so I decided I wanted to do something else, and I will admit wholeheartedly to 
having the uh, the reason that lots of people say, which is, uh, I like driving, um, which has nothing to do with being an instructor, but that's what you kind of think of at the time. But the, the biggest thing for me actually was uh, I've whatever I've been involved in the past, I've always gravitated towards training. So when I worked at McDonald's, I got in charge of training at I think almost every store I went to. Uh, when I was on the building sites, I was in charge of apprentices and, you know, I always took on apprentices with me. Um, when I was uh, doing the professional gambling, you know, people used to come for me for a bit of training on how to how to do it. So I've always been involved in training, but the thing I've never been a massive fan of, which is probably going to be a little bit contradictory to what we talk about later, is big group training. I've, I've always preferred one-on-one intimate or at least small numbers, intimate conversations. And I can remember thinking, what's more intimate than one-on-one in a car? That's probably the most one-to-one thing you can get. I want to do that. I like driving. There we go. Um, and there's the whole thing around making your own hours and all that kind of stuff. So it was, you know, that decision that uh, that, that I took. And at, at the time, um, yeah, that... Yeah, that, that was kind of the core premise of it. And and I'd left my previous job uh, because my wife at the time got diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis. So I also wanted to, to make sure that I could be flexible to be around her, which I think was a, a big part of being self-employed as well. Yeah, I think there's quite a lot in there that a lot of instructors see when they're coming into the industry. So the the, the flexible hours and the, I like driving. <laughs> definitely i do i do like the fact that you like the one-to-one training so you thought you know what i'll start a podcast where i'm talking to thousands of instructors <laughs> um, but then sometimes it does feel one-to-one though when you actually talk on on the podcast so i i do i do get that and and actually i think that bit it, it sort of kind of rung a chord with me a little bit where you said about the one-to-one because i do lots of things like instructor training and this and 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 um facebook groups and stuff like that I still gravitate to my driving lessons though and I I love those moments those one-to-one moments so yeah I definitely sort of kind of see that so how did you um so who did you train with or like how did your training go when you when you when you sort of came into the industry driving school was who I went to and the reason I went with them is because when I typed driving lessons or driving instructors at Google, they were the first one that came up. Um, not explicitly that reason. They were kind of, they were the first one that came up. I looked in, so I thought, oh, these look all right. And I rang around a few places and it felt like, and I'm sure there'll be people that disagree with me when I say this, but it felt like they were the only ones that were being honest. Uh, I can't remember the exact things I asked now because we sort of seven years ago, but can remember there were questions I asked other schools that I won't mention that they kind of fobbed me off a little bit but when I asked Red they were like no this is what will happen you know things around money and and what I have to pay for and and stuff like that so I think because they were the only ones that I felt like would be nice I should caveat this were answering questions I were asking they weren't just giving me the information you know um and I think that if I hadn't have asked I may not have been told but because they were the only ones that were being genuinely honest I I went with them everything seemed up front everything seemed good my training was at the time I thought my training was really good uh and I'm not going to knock my instructor that trained me you know I was training the old style part free uh, and when I passed, I had my standards check six months after in the, the new format. So that's kind of where I was on the, the timeline. Um, so my training was pretty good. I love, I love really enjoyed my instructor, the, the chap that I worked with. Um, 
I, I would still go back to him for training if I if I wanted to. Um, and, and yeah, I think the the thing that was lacking is probably the thing that was lacking from most training now, which was the the stuff away from the in car stuff. That was a big thing. So the fact that you're running a business, uh, I seem to remember going on like a two day seminar, but very little of that was was covered. Um, and I can remember, yeah, it was very instructional, the actual in-car training as well. Very instructional rather than, you know, coachy or client-centered. Yeah. the But then you were doing, a, you, see, you said you were doing the PSTs. Yeah. So I think there's an element there that even more so than it is now, it, it was, you were being trained to pass a test. Um, and, and everyone was, I think that's just the nature of, that that the way those PSCs were set up, um, and it, it to be honest is still a little bit like that now, but um, it, it's gravitating further away from that. Um, it's nice to hear someone have a positive experience um, with with a big national school because we get a lot of hearing from the others. So I do think when when I have those conversations with people, it I think sometimes it's a bit of maybe like a postcode lottery sort of kind of thing where. It depends on your trainer. It depends on who you get. Whether so, where where I am from, actually, we get there's not many trainers for those big schools. So a lot of them do struggle because they have to travel quite far to meet their trainer, or vice versa. So I think you get a bit of postcode lottery in that situation. You can have some great trainers in in some of those situations. So I think you looked out, which was good. I think. Well, I agree with you. There's definitely some luck in there. Um, I do think too pe- too many people don't ask questions, hmm. and and as someone coming into the industry, we can't expect uh, anyone new to know everything, and we can't expect anyone new to go. I'm going to go and spend 17 hours on the gov.uk website and explore all of this information. You know, that's what we go to these companies for. You know, we want this information, but I think it's important to ask questions. And I can remember being in the I'm gonna to have to be quite careful what I say. No, I can remember being in the uh, the, uh, the driving the red driving on the Facebook group, and people coming in and saying, "Why is this happening? Why why this? Why that?" And and I can just remember answering and saying, "Well, it literally says it in the contract you've signed." Or did no one tell you this in your training? And they were like, "Yeah, but I forgot," or "But I didn't read that." And I'm not meaning to dismiss at all some of the bad practices that go on because there are there's some shocking practices that go on but i do think we have to place a little bit more on us at times on the people going in to ask questions and to you know do a little bit of digging themselves rather than just going yeah i'll go with this because this is shiny this is cheapest and then complaining when it all comes tumbling down yeah no absolutely um and and i think probably the issue is we like maybe as podcasts or as facebook groups and stuff we catch them too late like so they were they we occasionally so on on, on loose um pdi group we we get we do get people who are thinking of becoming an instructor and join the group and then ask some questions which is great because it means they can they, they get in that information and you know if they're doing that they're also asking these companies the the questions that they want and we i even sort of um met someone at the expo that wasn't a driver but just thinking of becoming a driving instructor and like what a great place to go and find out what the job's like um so yeah it's, uh, the problem is is the people we're talking to have already been through this process but i would obviously advise anyone who 
maybe is recommending someone to come into the industry because a lot of people do come into the industry because they know a driving instructor to to tell them to ask questions um as much as possible i know i didn't um so i wasn't like you and asked loads of questions i was like yeah sign me up um uh, <laughs> and i was fine I, I got through my process okay and um i was okay with my being in a franchise i was probably paying way too much but i was young and just i needed that i needed that structure at the time um so it worked for me but I always, I always remember going every, almost every time I went to the test center, someone would ask me what my franchise fee was and be, and the eyes would like jump out of the head when they, they were like, but how do you earn any money? And I'm like, I'm not, um, but, but I'm learning my trade. Um, so, um, but it was, yeah. And I think that, like you said, it's just, it's ask, ask questions, basically. Is there anything you would have done differently if you, if you, if you went back around again? No, that's a good question because I'm not, sure i think i would have explored more local schools uh, rather than a national school to see what the difference was not sure that i would have necessarily gone to a different local school again i was fairly happy with my training but yeah i think that i wouldn't have just looked at lo uh, national schools i think i would have taken everything in and looked at the every option and i think that's the big thing i would say to anyone you, you haven't asked me for advice yet but but anyone listening, I would look at all the options you've got because why not? And I think that would be the big thing I would change for, for every aspect of that. What could I do differently? In, in fact, the one thing I definitely would do differently looking back is the part one because that's where the training was poor, as it still is now. You know, here's an app or it was an, on, it was an online resource at the time. Here's an online resource. Go and do some practice tests and read this book and then you'll pass. And, and I did, but I didn't know. So if, if I was going back, I would like to think I'd have a bit more uh I don't know get up and go about me and, and kind of go right but this is the stuff I need to know I'm gonna if you're not giving me the stuff I'm gonna go find it and actually done a bit more research myself um but yeah hindsight's a wonderful thing so I'm also gonna um intrigued about your career progress through through being a driving instructor um i remember talking to bob about this last week and it was interesting his sort of kind of like being with a big franchise and and how that's slightly different so in my head and i think i've heard you talk about this before that the typical driving instructor would be um work for a franchise go solo become a franchise <laughs> that that's kind of the, the the normal route and i i get loads of people don't don't go through that path and i think even more so now i can see that not not happening but yeah, so what made you go down the the career path that you that you did? I agree with you, and that's the the well trodden route, and that's the route I was starting to to go down. Um, and it just that's what people did, you know. It's that that's what you do. You come in the industry, you do this, you do this, you do this. So I started following that route, and this is why uh, the lockdowns were probably the best thing to happen to me because I was in the process of starting up a multi car driving school and you know um i had no one on board but i was talking to people about coming on board at the end of 2019 and then lockdowns came i'm like right well i can't really do this now so let, let's stop and I'll, I'll rethink but the reason i was doing that was because it's a well-trodden road it's what everyone does so this is what i should do and that you know 2020 was just a massive year for me where i just reevaluated everything and I just got a bit, I just come to the realization that I spend a lot of time following the world 
trodden path in life, in career, in business, in everything. I'm like, what do I actually want to do? So I don't really want to run a driving school. I, I don't, you know. I, so I'm thinking, well, what's the other thing people, well, they become trainers. And, you know, touching back on what you said at the start, I don't identify as a trainer. And it's because I don't want to do that full time. Definitely. That that doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't appeal to me running a drive. I'm like, I'm crossing off all the stuff that um, doesn't appeal to me. And it, and it just clicked for me. I do want to help driving instructors, but I don't want to help them in this particular way. And, you know, when I start this off, I should always put the caveat with no offense intended, intended to anyone. But it's like there are some awesome trainers in this industry that I would struggle to ever be better than. You know, I include yourself in that. You mentioned Bob Morton before. You, I'm not going to mention him, the man who will not be named. Um, <laughs> you know, all these people that that are awesome trainers in the industry. Well, do we need another one? Because the one thing I didn't want to do is is just do it locally. I want I want to branch out. I want some variety. I want to go to different places and speak to different people. So it was there's enough people doing that already. I'm not needed for that. I want to do something different. What's the industry missing, in my opinion? And I thought, well, what I want is all this other stuff that don't really get spoken about. And as to why it don't get spoken about, you know, we can maybe touch on that later if you want or whatever, but this, this other stuff that don't get spoken about, why can't I find out about that? Unless I go really, really deep or unless I go on this course that's advertised as something else because I need to sell it as something else to get you on it. And then they spend 20 minutes of it telling you about this thing, which sounds really interesting. You want more, but then it comes back to what are these competencies? And well, if no one's doing it, then I might as well. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. And then the Instructor Podcast was born and it started off as a 12 or 10 episodes in season one with the idea being that no one's probably going to listen. So I'll do 10 episodes. And then when no one listens, I can just stop and say, I only ever intended to do one season, but it, it did grow and it did get light. So I carried on doing it. And then that kind of made me realize this is how I want to help people on a more personal level and a more interactive level as well, not just by putting the podcast out, I want to actually get involved with people and work with people. And whilst I'm happy to do some training aspects, as we've said, but I thought, this person struggling over here with this thing, I could help with this. And this person struggling to manage a diary. And this, you know, and that's kind of where it came from. I, I never wanted to be following the path. And as I said, that's no offense intended to anyone that has at all. It just, it wasn't right for me. And I wanted to do something different. And I'm very, very lucky that I found some amazing people, A, to help me, and B, to 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 come on and talk to me. And also the amazing people that have come to me for some help, which has just made it all so easy for me. Yeah, I think it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting way way of going about it. Because I, I did go down the boring old, uh, <laughs> the old way of doing it and, um, and I suppose now I'm doing a podcast, so that's different. Um, but although apparently not now, it's just fashionable. Um, so, <laughs> um, so you were talking about how you you like helping instructors, maybe in a slightly different way to a to a trainer and just competencies and stuff like that. So how does that how does that look? So like, what what are the most common things that like adis pdis come to you sort of asking you questions about no i was thinking about this before uh, we came on today and i can't give you a specific answer because it's a massive variety um it, 
it really is. You know, I do get people come and asking me about specific in-car stuff on lessons. I get people coming asking about the standards check. I get people coming and asking how they can develop this product. So I've had people come and talk to me about creating podcasts and that kind of stuff. And um uh, books, you know, theory test courses, you know, all this kind of stuff where people have come to me and said, can you help me with this? But I also get people coming for stuff like diary management and mindfulness and, and all this stuff. But the interesting thing that, that I find is that most of the time it boils down to confidence and self-belief. You know, so many times people, it's not that they don't know how to do the thing and it's not that they can't do the thing. It's just they're assuming it's wrong. They're assuming that they're doing it wrong or when it does go wrong, they assume they can't do it. And if we use, let's say coaching, for example, I do get people coming on and asking me about coaching and car stuff. We see, and again, no offense intended, uh, we see people like yourself and Bob Morton and, and uh, you know, whoever else talking about this stuff and you make it look and sound easy because at heart, once you get good at it, it is. But you make it look and sound easy, which is brilliant. And you explain in a way that we can understand it. And if I can understand it, then everyone else can, because I need dumbing down for me, so they'll be okay. But get people that come to me and they'll say, I'm trying this and it's not working. And what it'll be is they've tried it once and it didn't work. So they immediately assume they're not very good at it. And that's where we have conversations around, well, what do you tell your learners when they try somewhere it doesn't go well that first time do you beat them up no so why are you beating yourself up can we not be a bit kinder to you and try again and we look at alternatives and, and ways that they can apply it and build their confidence up and build their self-belief up because i think that it's really easy sometimes to look at you know let, let's use i keep using bob we use bob as the example just a coaching phenomenon in the industry it's really easy to look at him and assume your shit because compare yourself to him. It's, there's a big old gap there for most people. So, but why are we comparing it? You know, why are we comparing? Why are we not just looking and going, okay, I'm scaling myself today. I'm on a free at my questioning techniques. Be nice if end of this week I could get to a four. Yeah. That's what you work on that week. And and I think that's the, the basis of everyone that comes to me. You know, even like the... Uh, podcasting stuff or book stuff how do I market this realistically they know how to market it on a base on a, a decent level it's just they don't want to because it's quite scary yeah so you, you've got to help them get out of their comfort zone and do that and find a way for them that works for them because every, everyone's different yeah in in an essence there you're sort of describing coaching so you're getting people coming to you and you're you're not necessarily giving them the answers you're giving them the belief to find the answers within themselves um i think you've done that with me uh, in the past uh i i regularly use you as my little soundboard of um terry i'm gonna do this um uh, because i know actually that you'll give me advice when i need it but you'll also just tell me to get on with it when I need it, <laughs> when I need that sort of kind of, but it, it sometimes you do, you just need someone to, to sort of kind of be, to reassure you or to ask you questions about it so that you can think about it yourself. And I think that, that there's an element and there's definitely a sort of kind of need there. And I think within the industry of like, we are like, I would say 
most trainers, if they're trainers, they should be good coaches. But maybe I don't know, and maybe I do this like where the conversations get led down just the how to how to teach sort of kind of path, and it's almost actually sometimes where you have you can have too much knowledge and you want to just go oh do this um and so i think sometimes because it sounds like you've you listed a whole bunch of stuff and uh at the start there about like mindfulness and um business and books and podcasts and stuff and and there are stuff in there that you are obviously an expert at um but there's probably stuff that's in there that you are just you know a bit about and you know about um but you wouldn't necessarily class yourself as a trainer in those sort of situations but I think sometimes that's better because that allows you to go to to effectively coach them and and get them to find their own solutions and 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 work work forward that way. Was it, would you say that sort of happens a lot more because of that? Yeah, look, this is the thing I'd say: the look at this industry and look at how many people promote other people. It's like next to none. Um, a bit more recently. And I'm not saying no one's ever done it, but obviously that's what I did massively with the Instructor Podcast. And, you know, you're now doing it with, with this podcast and, and, you know, other people do it in other ways, but it's next to none. Now, the thing I've always been willing to do, always, is hold my hands up and go, yeah, I don't know. Um, but what I now do is you go, yeah, I don't know. I can help you a little bit or go see this person. And, and that's it. And I think that that, I think people appreciate that honesty. Whereas, you know, there are, there are people that you can ask a question and they will give you an answer, even if they don't know the answer, because war betide, you don't look like the most amazing human being in the world. And I, I don't know everything, of course I don't. Um, so, yes, I, I will help where I can. And there are things that I can give really good advice about. There are times when I can tell people, you are being stupid, stop doing this thing. Although I'll always check, can I be blunt with you? Um, but then I'll say, you're being stupid. Uh, there are times when I will tell people what I think they should be doing. And there are times when I'll coach them. And there are also times when I'll say, I'm probably not the right person to help you here. But I can point you in the direction of seven people who you can, and you can also go and listen to these seven podcasts I've done and find out which one works for you. And I'm a big believer in that. And I'm a big believer we should be sharing resources and we should be sharing knowledge and we should be sharing uh, people. You know, you, you've got me on this podcast today and it's other people are going to find me. Now, whether anyone uses me, that's their choice. But you're giving them that opportunity. Again, look how many other people are doing that. It's not, it's, it's so, not just this industry, but the world, you know, but we're talking driving instructing. It's so self-centered everything's so self-centered it's you know me 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 you know there's very few trainers or coaches or you know whatever label we're using that would go i'm good at this but i know someone that's better and yeah. i would respect i don't know I'd, if someone said that to me i'd be more likely to stay with that person than, than go to the better person yeah definitely i think there's um it's interesting that and yeah i think i like i put it on your um on your group chat um the today about how oh it was yesterday where i i quite liked because it was your sort of recommend someone post and i quite i enjoyed recommending someone else more than i enjoyed putting my own stuff up there 
um and it's and i and i deliberately pick someone different to what maybe i would normally recommend um as well and i think that was it, yeah maybe we, we should do do more of that within the industry and, and the sharing and i think there's definitely you can see that because you've done all these podcasts with all of these different industry people you've got all of this little bits of knowledge so you and you need a little bit of knowledge i think to know who to recommend to that, that as well um and so you have got this sort of kind of massive source of of people but i i also think that maybe i wonder if there's a people out there that don't know you have this side of you i suppose like they see the podcast and and the group and stuff like that where you are able to offer that sort of kind of service of a coaching session or um or and i'm sure there are loads of people that do message you and clearly clearly they do but i wonder if there is maybe people out there that don't know that that and i've used used you for for that 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 service and it was very helpful um they got kicked kick my butt and got me got me into gear not i'm not saying that terry always does the kick but <laughs> sort of method it's the best bit yeah <clears throat> but it, it, my guess is you probably just realized that would work for me um and and there'd be other people you would do it in a different way and, and you know i always check first i joke before about saying um and I'll be blunt, but I do, you know, if I'm going to be blunt with someone, unless I know them really well, if I'm going to be blunt with someone, I will check first because I'd not, I'm not going to destroy anyone's confidence. I, I refuse that. But I, I do want to just touch back on what you were saying as well, because you were saying about people that don't realize what I do. One of the hardest things for the, the type of podcasts that I run is the maintaining my own ego because every or almost every episode I do is about showcasing a guest. It's irrelevant what I look like. My whole job is to look unimportant. It's to get the best knowledge out of that guest I can for the guys listening. That's the only thing that matters to me. And that's really hard on the ego. Because sometimes the guest will say something, and I'm like, I know that, and I could add something really wise. And sometimes you have to, you know, you've got to keep the conversation going. But it's not about me. It's about them. So it is difficult sometimes in that a lot of people won't realize what help I could provide or what I've got going on away from the instructor podcast um and I, I think with yourself it's probably a good example actually and I don't think you'd realize that until you signed the premium content and saw some of the stuff that I'll putting up over there and I think when people come over there they start seeing that a bit more Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, actually, no, Terry's making sense there. He's injecting himself into this and he's explaining this, explaining this. And I think that's where people tend to come to me more. The people that listen to the podcast when they get in touch, it tends to be a bit more blase with the, the messages. Or they might ask about, you know, where could I go for help with X, Y, or Z? But it is difficult managing that ego when you're having to showcase someone else and almost dampen yourself down a bit. And sometimes, and this is a... Uh, genuinely a hard thing to do sometimes i find i have to ask the questions that i know other people want to ask even though i know the answer and i'll ask them thinking i want this guest to know that i know this thing i want to show off to the guest but i can't because i need to ask the question for that and sometimes you can phrase it as what would you tell the listeners <laughs> you know but but yeah so uh, it's a good point but the the podcast itself has always been about showcasing others it's never been about showcasing me in fact i'm, I'm going to give allow my ego one little bit here um because someone said it to me once and i can't remember who may have been robin bates coaching figgy check it out um which was um they come for the guests they stay for you 
and that that resonated it's like yeah anyone that comes and leaves i've not done a good enough job mm -hmm. and that was that was that really resonated it's quite a good point actually because i i listen to a lot of podcasts and and there are podcasts that i've dipped into because i want to listen for the guest because i'm just famous guest and i'm like oh i like that person i'll listen to that and then i haven't listened to pre other episodes so yeah the fact that they're staying i suppose yeah must must be something to do with you <laughs> it's a little bit i think so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i've noticed i've noticed the whole kind of um having to take a, a step back a little bit within this podcast so I just wanted your opinion on a few different things because I hear you talk about them. And again, because you're on your podcast, you're quite often holding back <laughs> sometimes. Um, and I'm, I'm just intrigued about like, this is your chance to, to be the guest and, and go off on, on a little, on a little rant or a, what, uh, so like within the industry is like, what's the one thing that you at the moment maybe would say all instructors could do better? Most instructors, we'll go most instructors could do better. Like if you had to pick something. I think all instructors could do better at um, taking some more accountability and some more responsibility. Uh, and this is one of my preachy things that I bang on about quite a bit in, and I include myself in this, by the way, it's all instructors in that we always are blaming other people. And, and look, I get this happens in other industries, but we're talking driving instructor stuff. We are always blaming other people. It's the DVSA's fault. It's the examiner's fault. It's learner's fault. It's learner's parents' fault. It's drivers that are causing the problem. What about us? What can we do? And we can't control this other stuff. Well, I suppose it's two trains of thought. Say. So firstly, we can't control this other stuff. So let's fix us. You know, we know what the rules are. We have to kind of follow the DVSA. And if they decide to change the rules, we have two choices. We either follow them or we leave. They're, they're the choices. And I, I don't mean to be flippant saying that, but they're the kind of the, the rules. You know, if there's associations that we're not happy with, we either leave the association, stay in it, or change it. You know, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. It's, we, we, it's too, we're not good enough at that. We're really not. And again, I include myself in this. We, we've spoke previously about road safety campaigns, Phil, and how as driving schools and driving instructors, we're not prominent enough at showcasing them. And I, I massively believe that. We should be showcasing this stuff. I should be showcasing this stuff on my driving school, which I don't. I'm crappy. You know, but yet I'll complain about stuff going on that I've made no impact on. And I'll go back to the, the associations example. How many people complain about associations? Well, change it and either join and change from within, which is hard, or start your own, which is hard, but people aren't willing to do that hard work. They'll sit back and complain about it. And part of it is deciding which hill you die on. You know, there's some stuff that I would like to change, but I know I can't. So I'll constructively criticize. I'll have a mole now and again, but I'm not going to go and change it because I'm focusing my attention elsewhere. So I'm not going to mourn too much. But a really good example I'm going to use actually is Richard Stars of Intelligent Instructor. He, he came on my podcast and I specifically told him that I do not like the fact that put uh, Love Dear Ida last at the Expo. This is following a, a post from Gareth Marchant and oh, I love his post. I think he's brilliant. Um, and I told him that and, and Richard 
answered and basically said tough <laughs> and it's like it is it's your expo you're running it you know yes listen to my concerns listen to my constructive feedback but you do not have to do what i'm telling you and if it bothers me that much i'll do my own expo and i won't put love day rider on at the end because they're running it for me. It's not costing me all to go there. I get to go down and go to this free this free thing. So, yeah, I think that the thing instructors need to be, all instructors probably, is more accountable. And if you've got a problem with something, start impacting change. You know, another example I'm going to throw out there is, is you. Very specifically, you with this podcast. Now, I know I'm probably the, uh, the oddball on this one, but you started this podcast and correct me if I'm wrong, but because you felt there wasn't a podcast out there talking about the competencies, talking about very specific in car stuff, talking about the driver standards, uh, national rider standards, you know, you felt that was missing and probably got a bit frustrated, but rather than throw a tantrum, you did something about it and created your own. In fact, I can remember you giving me feedback. I think it was the end of season four and saying, you would like it if I did more stuff sort of specifically in car around training. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, there will be some stuff, but obviously mine's quite eclectic. Um, but again, you didn't throw a tantrum. You did something about it. It mattered enough for you to do something about it. That's the difference. If it matters enough to you, do something about it. That's taking accountability. If you haven't got the time or the energy, well, it can't matter enough to you, essentially. And again, I'm sure there's a thousand caveats and a thousand examples why I'm wrong, but that's, in my opinion, uh, the biggest thing, the biggest problem with the industry, the biggest thing that people can change in the industry is that accountability. And you can tell I've gone very preachy there. <laughs> I do love a Terry rant. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, you're right. Um, I did think that i i did want to see that on 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 your podcast the more sort of kind of in, and and absolutely you had every right to say no piss off phil but um, i don't think i said that no <laughs> i don't think you replied actually i think it was on a it was on like one of those surveys um but it yeah because I, I don't know i just i i'd you'd done a lot of the other stuff and i think there was it was a particular season where I, you'd almost not talked about it at all if that makes sense and probably quite deliberately and fair enough um and that's why i sort of went yeah no actually i think i could offer something different i think in in that in that space um the i the only thing i'm not not necessarily going to disagree with you um but maybe offer a different option as well to what you were saying so you were saying about how, like, let's say, for example, the associations, for example, you don't like the associations. And I think you, you your options that you gave people were join them and change them um, or set up your own. And I feel like they're two quite big goals um, to do. There's a few more options there. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, even this, even this sort of kind of like with the podcast and, and, and things like that, because there, there is the alternative of one because oh, i suppose the other option was then go on facebook and moan about them um but the the third option is to just not do any of that and find your own workaround so yeah. you don't have to be, if you don't like the associations you don't have to be a member of the associations you can get public liability insurance elsewhere and you can source your training elsewhere and and i'm sure you could even set up some ways of um putting 
um, support in there if you got yourself into a mess. I'm, I'm sure there are other ways around that if you felt, and, and that's where I would say put your efforts in if you don't feel like you can go and completely change the the industry all by yourself. Um, in the same way, I might have gone, okay, I'd like to see this on the podcast, but I didn't necessarily have to set up a new podcast. I could have gone, I'm just going to do this with videos or or whatever. And it's just like, you do, there are other options, other workarounds. We talk about that with the DVSA as well. Like you might not like what the DVSA are doing, but you don't necessarily have to concern yourself with that. You can be better than that. You can go like work that you can go down your own path as long as you are keeping it legal i suppose with within the dvsa's rules and, and and things like that but you you can find your own way in this sort of kind of um situation so it doesn't have to be you don't have to sort of slag it off or change it you could just go that's not for me i'm going to do this and do something else i think that's what i'm meaning it's yeah. the thing i don't like is a sit back and moan and bitch and look, there's nothing wrong with doing that occasionally. I think this is where there's a grey area. Because you've just seen me have a moan, you know. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a moan and a rant now and again. It's that it's the, when people just blame everyone else, you know. And I, I've seen it a few times recently. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating slightly, but I've definitely seen it a couple of times recently where someone's gone onto social media and said, I don't like our associations. I'm going to start a union. And they'll say, who's with me? And then no one really replies. And they go, right, well, this is pathetic. Then no one's worried about me. I'm going to give up. Like, it don't work like that. It's, and this is why people don't affect change, because it's hard work. You know, you, you doing this podcast, I'll come back to you, you as the example. You doing this podcast is hard work. It takes hours a week. You know, I, I know it takes hours to do this. It's not just a recording. People don't see this. It takes hours for you to do this every week and then to go and do everything else that goes around it as well and but you are starting to affect change by doing this now whether you affect one person or one million is kind of irrelevant at this point you know you look back further down look upon that but that that's my issue is the people that just bitch and moan you, you give the good example of the dvsa i'm going to throw another one in there which is the drive instructor and trainers collective you know they over lockdown uh, God, I said I won't mention him. Chris Benstead and Ian, Ian Brett. But like the communication for driving instructors here is atrocious. This needs fixing. No one was fixing it. We'll fix it. Let's do the DITC. You know that's where it was born. They saw the problem. They saw that it wasn't working. Let's let's do this. It's how the instructor podcast came about. This isn't out there. So, right. Well, I can either sit and moan about it, or I can create. And it doesn't have to be you that does the thing. It could be you going to someone like like you did to me. You could come to me and say, can you do more of this? You're going to get a yes or no answer. You know, and if the answer is, yeah, great. You might not be doing it, but someone else is. If the answer is no, well, go to someone else. It doesn't have to be you that does it. It's just that the constant bitch in the morning. And again, just to clarify, there is nothing wrong with a bit, especially when it's constructive, especially when it's about the DVSA. But... It just does. It, it can't be all we do. You know, we have to find ways. We can't just blame our students when they struggle to find biting point or set their clutch biting point before the gas. Um, we can't just blame them. We have to help them. We can't just 
blame the DVSA. We have to, okay, how can we work within their parameters to deliver a better service? We can't just blame the association for everything. We have to go, okay, I don't like them. As you said, I'm going to go and find my own way. You know, we have to work better as humans and as driving instructors. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. Um, I'm going to see if I can go a, a whole episode of this podcast without somebody mentioning gas and bike. Uh, <laughs> I'm not next week's not going to work because Chris is coming <laughs> on. Uh, so, um, the so um, I'm not I'm not going into that again. <laughs> I'm going to do a video and I'm just going to play it at the start of every single podcast. Um, here's my opinion. Here's my opinion on gas and bike. Um, I've fully forgotten what I was going to ask you now. Uh, just because of that. Um, so actually, what what I was um hoping to do actually with with this um one of my goals for this podcast is that there's an element of learning and training and not just two guys ranting about the dvsa and other instructors and i talked to you about this um a little bit before i not not fully but a little bit about how we weren't going to go down the competency route um because you're not necessarily a trainer even though i actually think you'd probably do a very decent job of talking about the competencies um partly because you've got your own series about them the but is there something with that you would some sort of advice you can give to trainers um i think maybe a way for i'd like it to be away from in car stuff because i think that's where maybe you specialize a little bit more like stuff the instructors could be doing um whether it's mindfulness or something they could be doing with their advertising that you would offer as as a bit of training or advice what would your top tips be you know what do something now i know that sounds really basic but so many people aren't doing anything and i think part of that falls back to that that self-doubt again that that confidence and one of the things I've been talking quite a bit recently is people talk to me about social media and I've done some episodes on the premium stuff on social media. Um, and what they see on social media is the driving school TV or Clayview or whatever. And they think, well, my videos, my social media isn't as good as theirs. Well, social media is their job. They're not I mean, technically driving instructors, but they're not driving instructors. They're social media. You know, that's what they're doing. If you're willing to give up 20 hours a week to, to do that, then yes, you should be as good as them, but we're not. So whether it is social media or, or marketing or, or anything, I would say do something, start doing something. And, and this is where the podcast, I think, uh, Mind the Instructor podcast is is really good. You know, and I'm, you know, woe beside me to give it <laughs> on podcast praise, but I think that's where it's really good. It helps get people started. So, you know, the mindfulness stuff, I'm not going to pretend to be Sam Harper and tell you that I can take you on this massive long course and get you out to be some kind of, um, uh, you know, Buddha at the end of it. I'm, I'm going to just kind of say, just start. And that starting might be adding an extra five minutes between lessons where you can get out of the car and get some air. It might be you know, just taking a few extra breaths. It might be closing your eyes and doing one minute of meditation. It might be taking the approach of being more non-judgmental or, you know, when the car overtakes you rather than kick off about the car overtaking you, put your attention on your student who actually needs it at that time because they're panicking, not the imbecile that's overtaking you. You know, we can start off with this really, really basic stuff. As I said, with social media, 
why not just start doing one post a week? And and yes, I appreciate we're in a time of abundance. And guess what? You don't need to. You will do at some point. So start now. Start doing one post a week. And the other thing I'll say is try and be a little bit different because everyone does the same thing. Look at any driving instructors. Well, not an absent of instructors, social media profiles, and you'll see the same thing. It's past pictures and it's sharing of one post that's gone a bit viral. And, and that's about it. Now, there's some that do a really good job, obviously, but try and do something a bit different. It doesn't matter what. You know, I, it, it, it's irrelevant as to what, but try and put some of you in there, some of your personality. And that same goes for lessons. I know you said not in car stuff, but one of the questions actually is it just flashback uh, that I get asked quite a lot is how to make driving lessons fun. A number of people that ask me that question is, hey, why are you asking me? <laughs> you know, I don't know why anyone's going to think I do anything fun. But you just start off by being yourself. You know, you don't do what I do. Don't do what you do, Phil. You do what works for you. That's the key to anything being fun and enjoyable. Because if you enjoy it, your, your learners can enjoy it more. So start making these changes on lessons. And I think that, I don't want to ramble too much, but I, I genuinely think it applies to everything. So your prices, maybe your prices are too low. Well, guess what? Don't put up my tenner if that's good. You put up my pound. I'm putting up my pound every six months. You know, if you want to start on CPD, but you don't know where to start and you don't want to go and invest two grand in yourself, start with this podcast. And when you listen to this podcast, make a note of one thing that you're going to change and go and apply it. And then apply it to every episode you listen to until Phil brings out season two fingers crossed and then go and do the same again with that one so you're doing it little bits at a time not going right okay so and so said do this i'm gonna go and do this mammoth course or i'm gonna write a hundred thousand word book or i'm gonna go and try and get more views than driving school tv whatever it is Start with the basics and start applying them. And, you know, I'll go back to the, the first thing I said, which was do something. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, there's probably two key takeaways, I think, from that. And they're both very similar, actually, is the just do one thing because one thing snowballs into into other things. Um, And it's something I found when I started putting stuff out on social media that I almost put it off because it felt like a big task, like making a video, for example, it felt like a big task, but it, but it doesn't have to be perfect and polished. It just, just do something. And actually I think TikTok's probably created this, this a little bit where videos now on social media are less polished. There's a lot of videos out there that people will watch and love and get lots of likes and, and, and uh, traction where it's just somebody's face in a camera. Um, Chris Benstead's just done it again. Um, Chris Benstead's just started doing videos and um, where he's talking about theory, theory stuff. It's just his face in a camera, but they're great. And the, and I think that that's probably the way I would say, like just put your face in the camera and talk. It doesn't have to be edited, perfectly polished. Doesn't have to be, super duper amazing content because you're an instructor and so there's probably what you're talking about you, you you're having these conversations with your pupils um so just yeah put it out there people people love that sort of stuff so maybe that's like the the way of getting getting started it's just that sort of kind of one little post um and the other thing 
that you've actually said recently on a podcast um and i and i took it on and and i do this more because i was very much get very guilty of this is, is when you said about when you listen to something read something watch something is go and implement something because i i can be quite guilty of this as like i'll i'll listen to an entire audiobook and and think that i've taken it all in and go, oh yeah that was really good really good book and then realize six weeks later i'm not doing any of it because i haven't implemented something um and i did this actually with one of your um podcasts with laura um on social media and she mentioned about doing a carousel and i, I was like right i'm going off to do a carousel on my podcast on my social media um, i haven't done one since to be fair but um, the but that's the point is like to just go and go and implement it see if it works it wasn't that tricky to do just yeah and keep doing that sort of like take something away from this and then go and put it into practice and 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 do something so i would say the same like you say when when you listen to my other episodes and particularly when we go through the competencies or the national um, standards is take something from that from those and go i'm going to give that a go on my lessons this week Touch back on what you said before about the video as well, because it doesn't even have to be to like extreme. And I will use myself as an example here. I hate doing video. Um, I don't mind recording podcasts on video like this, but I hate creating video to put on social media. I just, I don't enjoy it. I dislike it. So at the minute, I'm working pretty hard. So when it comes to whatever time it is to do social media, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do video. So I don't do video. Very, very little do I create video-wise for social media. I take clips of what I've done because I like writing. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm very good at it and my uh, grammar and spelling is atrocious, but I quite like writing posts. I like writing blogs. I like writing magazine articles, that kind of stuff. So that's what I focus on because you don't have to do video. You have to work for your audience. So if you're on Instagram, video obviously works better and pictures works better. It's why I don't do as much on Instagram. I'm more on Facebook because I know that I can manage Facebook an awful lot better. So it's finding out what works for you. And yes, you do need to stretch yourself. So if you're wanting, if you decide to dominate social media, you can't just write posts. But if you're just starting out, you can. And then you, as you get more comfortable and you're, you start noticing that, you know, 10 people may like what you're saying, but there's always one nobody who comes up with some smart-ass reply. You get used to that. So then you feel okay putting your actual picture on there. And then as you get used to putting your picture on there and you still get the 10 people that like it and one person that gives you a smart-ass reply, then you can put a video on there. And you get the same thing. The time, and because you've got almost like these calluses to the, to the one person that gives you a smart-ass reply, as your audience grows, you might get 100 people that like it and 10 people that give you a smart reply, but you're a lot more in a position to take that. You know, and I, I just think that it doesn't even have to be that that video. It can be anything that you start with. It doesn't matter as long as you work on that. And that could just be building your confidence. It could be building your skill set. And again, this isn't just social media. Social media is the example. It can be anything. It, it, you mentioned about driving lessons, coaching, client set of learning questioning techniques, um, whatever it might be on your driving lessons, you can pinpoint one thing that you think you're not very good at and work at that. You don't have to work on them all that lesson. You can use your driving lessons as your driving lessons as well as the students. And I just think it applies to everything. And I go back right to what I said earlier on in the show. It's that idea of comparing yourself to others and, and seeing Bob Morton and thinking I'll never be as good as Bob. But you're not trying to be. 
you're trying to be better than you are, you know, and do you know what? I'm a slight tangent, but I don't actually think I've told Bob this, but the title of Bob's thing, being better with Bob, that, that's kind of, I, I created that title being better with Bob. And I, I think that he misjudged quite what I was saying. And it was a bit humbled and a bit embarrassed about putting that title out there. It's about being better. It's about us being better and Bob helping us a little bit. It's not about Bob being better. It's about us being better and getting better as a result of that. You know, we, we don't need to compare ourselves to Driving School TV or an instructor podcast world. Me, you know, whatever it is, we don't need to compare ourselves to these people. We just need to do something and start and then you can improve. And yes, 100% second what you've said, take action. You know, it's you've, you'll have heard me talk about this a lot in my premium content, that if you come into the premium content, and you utilize the stuff that's in there, you will A, become a better instructor, B, run a better business, which will C, add on to increased profits and, and all the other kind of fun stuff that goes with it. If you come in and listen and don't do anything, guess what's going to happen? The same thing that happens to all those people that bitch and moan about anything and never take action. Yeah, definitely. And and I think the, probably my key takeaway is that take it like tiny steps um is is the key i actually weirdly watched a video today um and they were saying that if you create one habit in a year's time and just one habit you'll you've got 80 percent chance of of still having that habit if you create two habits at the same time it, it goes down to 30 percent chance in a year's time of having those two habits um, and then it goes massively drops after that. So it, it's this idea that like people try and do too much and then it drops away. And I think that that's that do one, get good at that, get create that habit. It takes about six weeks for a habit to form. Um, and then, and then add, add a new one and then add a new one, then add a new one. And that's how you sort of kind of build this doing stuff. sort of kind of, kind of vibe. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I will just chuck in that there's the, the opposite as well. You know, both me and you just spoke about the, the do something and build on it. Yeah, some people do find it better to dive in with built both feet and, and just do the big thing and see how it goes and then learn from that. You know, some people you know, um, will just do a webinar. They'll do they'll get nine speakers on and do it over three hours instead and call <laughs> it a meganar, which obviously is a horrendous name that gets lots of insults. Um, so does it actually whatever works? It has got some Greek, yeah. Oh, really? I um, love Meganar. <laughs> I love Meganar. I also love the word awesome and expert, but apparently I'm quite isolated in these things. But yeah, so it's it's what works for you. I'm not telling everyone to go and, you know, do tiny little steps because that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. It's finding out what works for you. But I often find the people that are willing to jump in with both feet do it. It's mm. the people that are scared and are um, comparing themselves to others that are too reluctant to go in and need that little push to take that first step yeah i think i'm probably a little bit like that actually like with this podcast I, I wanted to do this podcast for a long time but it was just like bubbling there in the back of my mind it wasn't really that important um and then i felt i was in a place within the industry to do that and and then yeah once i decide i'm i'm, I'm in <laughs> and, I, and i'll go fully in um so yeah i am probably a little bit like that i'm either i'm a little bit all or nothing um, my wife always says this about like I'll get a hobby and uh, my garage is full of 
like a graveyard of past hobbies. <laughs> so I, I start a hobby and I'm 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 in and I go go all in. I get all the gear and then I yeah I'm done. <laughs> so my podcast stuff will be in the in the garage at some point maybe. Um, so Not um, season two then. Yeah, yeah, season season two's in the garage. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think one final thing I wanted to to ask you, um, because I think you are very good at CPD and have maybe a different perspective sometimes on CPD and different ways of going about it. Is what are you doing at the moment, CPD wise? I mean, talking to you clearly uh, is is this is CPD, uh, and do so you know what? Slight another next hobby horse is what is CPD. This is this is my issue, and I, I see I hear talk sometimes about the DVSA uh, accrediting things, and I've nothing against this by the way in principle, but accrediting things and making a list of what's class as CPD and what isn't, and that that worries me mm. because I think there'll be some people that would look at this list and they won't see you know, Cowley's instructor training podcast on there. So they won't listen to it because they'll prioritize the thing that the DVSA of classes CPD. And that worries me a little bit, but it's like CPD is continual personal slash professional development. And that constitutes anything. But for me, it only constitutes something if you apply it. So if you were to go on a day's course workshop and didn't apply anything from that workshop, but listen to one of your episodes and applied something from that episode, I know which one's CPD and which one isn't. It's the one way you've actually applied it. So as for what CPD I'm doing right now, obviously there's a vast array of podcasts that I listen to. Um, I tend to go for about six hours of audio a day. Um, there's a variety of books I'm reading. Um, one of the ones I'm just finished, and I need to reread it because I didn't, I didn't apply enough from it, if I'm being honest, um, which is the the new Stephen Barlow one, the Diary of a Seal, 33 Lessons for Life. So th- th- there's that that stuff. Um, and his podcast, obviously, uh, Modern Wisdom is a podcast to listen to. There's the driving instructor ones. I'm genuinely pleased this podcast is out because it gives me something else to listen to, which is great. Uh, so, you know, a lot of podcasts, that side of stuff. The new Arnold Schwarzenegger book, which I've got on Audible. Well, no, it's on Spotify on the, the audio version on Spotify is brilliant. Um, finding that fascinating. So that's the kind of the more easy to dip in and out of stuff. Uh, specific to our industry, I recently did a train day with Kev Field, which was all about questioning techniques, which was great. Um, really enjoyed that. And it was nice to get out sort of back in the car, meeting people, doing that again, which is uh, was, was brilliant. I'd highly recommend anyone follow up with Kev. I've got some one-to-one training coming up with Emma Cottington uh, this week, actually. Um, slightly panicking now because I'm just wondering if I've actually booked the day off. <laughs> Let's check that after this. But yes, got some in-car training with Emma Cottington. And there's some other people that I'll be going for some specific in-car one-to-one training with because I know I work better in these tight situations than I do in a big group. I am fully intending, I've committed to go to one of uh, Kit's courses, uh, workshops when they come around. Lee Jowett has given me explicit permission to sit at the back and not interact, which has uh, convinced me to go. I can just watch it being delivered. Um, so they're the kind of things I'm on with a lot of audio stuff, a lot of written stuff. I struggle to watch stuff often. So a lot of it is audio and written for me and, and the in-car training. And I think that's what I'm going to be focusing on a lot next year is that one-to-one 
in car, in person training where the convert and do you know what? I'm gonna go back to Kefil for a second because one of the great things about that that session was he kind of set his goals and what the session was, but he was willing to let it go wherever it went. And there were times we just went completely away from everything and set out for a day. And that was so beneficial. Um and just yeah, brilliant. And I think that's what we need. And and it doesn't have to be rigid A, B, C, D, E. It, it can be mixed up. So I feel like I've given you a really long-winded answer there. But have I answered that question about what CPD am I doing? Yeah, no, I like I like it. There was a lot of lot of different options for not necessarily for people to go and do those things, those exact things, but I like the fact that you're you sort of kind of explained there's different ways to get your CPD. Um and 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 we we all have different learning styles. I'm I'm similar to you. I take it in quite audio quite well. Um I was still undecided whether I prefer in car training or or a workshop i tend to go on i don't think i've um i know i have had a little bit of sort of people come in sitting sitting in lessons but not much and i wonder if maybe that's the thing that instructors need to get involved in more i don't think enough instructors post passing their part three unless they have a standards check coming up get people sat in in the back of their lessons um or get someone to review a video of their lesson i think that that's definitely something people should is that what you it was your sort of you went to to meet Kev, so it was more you like role play or something like that, was it rather than sitting in one of your lessons? Uh, there was no element of role play there, there was no element of him presenting stuff, there was lots of QA, lots of discussion. So when I'm saying in car, it's not necessarily it doesn't have to always be in the car. Mm. Um, you know, it could be going for a walk and having that conversation, it could be in a coffee shop or whatever, but a lot of it is about me getting the opportunity to pick someone's brains. You know, um, you're on this list as well, Phil. Can we do an in-car training session or in-person training session at some point? Absolutely. You're a little bit far away, but I'm sure we can arrange something. <laughs> I, I am doing the tour next year, a tour right. that I plan to do several years ago around the country and hitting different places. Um, but yeah, maybe in-car is the wrong phrase. I mean, it was in-car we kept, but what I'm more thinking of in-person. Um, and Zoom stuff is great as well. And what I would say to anyone listening, we kind of touched it there, is finding what works for you. You may be the sort of person that goes on these workshops and just gets a massive kick out of interacting with different people and listening to other people's opinions and and that. I struggle with that because I like to take from the person. So when me and you have a conversation, I like to pick your brain. Whereas when you go on a course, you can't pick people's brains. You'll hear from this person for a minute and then from this person, then from this person. And I, I, I genuinely struggle with that. Um, the other thing, I'm just going to make a suggestion to people, in, and I'm not doing this as much as I'd like at the minute, mainly through time and sanity reasons, but use social media better. There is an absolute wealth of stuff on social media. Forget podcasts for a second. Uh, I'm talking Facebook. Look how many Facebook groups there are. Just find a couple of Facebook groups where everyone's not a dickhead and start scrolling. And you'll start seeing some really interesting posts and read the comments. Again, avoid the ones where people are being a dickhead and read some of the comments and you can pick up stuff from that. Go in and look at the historical stuff, uh, some of the historical videos in there, some of the, the lives that have been done, some of the, the posts that have been put up. There's an absolute wealth of content. I reckon that everything you could ever need to read about being a driving instructor, you can find on Facebook. It's just you've got to look for it. So utilize 
some of this this social media better. It's a free resource, much like this podcast is. Utilize this stuff. And the last kind of suggestion I'll make around this, specifically with the podcast, and this is the way I do podcasts, and I think I've said this on my premium before, is have it on in the car, by all means. But you're going to listen passively. So for me, there's two types of podcasts when I listen. If I'm talking like educational podcasts, there's a type that I can listen passively to and I'll just be inspired and motivated. And that's great. Love that. Excellent. Keeps me going like energy for the day. But then there's a type where I go, well, that's interesting. I have to go back and listen again. And I listen again with my notepad and pen and I'll make notes and action in it. So we're not just listening passively and then ignoring it. You listen and make notes and action what's on there, which is kind of what we touched on before. But it's the two different types. There'll be episodes which are educational and inspiring and motivating and episodes that are educational and actually take stuff away and apply. Yeah, your latest episode actually is something I'm going to do that that with. I've listened to it passively and I need to go back and make some notes because... I find it really interesting because <laughs> it was road safety and and I'm, I'm I'm super keen on road safety. Um, I'm actually on Monday going off to um learn a learn to live presentation. Um, to just see what what they're currently offering. Um, as well to sort of kind of there's some CPD that's that's different. <laughs> um, I, I I was intrigued what you said about um the Facebook groups actually because we we give Facebook groups a lot of stick. Um with the fact you that some are quite like aggressive and, and vile um but you're right there are a lot out there you find the right ones interestingly I, the way i if i was going hunting i think i'd start with the ones that have less numbers like less members um and i think you'll find that they are less people but more, better content because some of them are run by trainers um who are really good and will put their answers on there and, and stuff and and like you said certainly even with some of the questions you'll find there are certain trainers on there that just like to go and give lots of answers on facebook and lots of feedback on facebook and there's quite a lot of content you just have to filter out some of the the rubbish basically um but yeah find a group that's safe <laughs> Um, and then put some questions on there. Uh, if you find yourself reading a Facebook post or a comment on that post and thinking, what the fuck is this person about? Just scroll. Just on. scroll past. You yeah. don't need to stress yourself out by reading it. If they're being imbecile, you don't need to be an imbecile back. Just scroll. <laughs> makes your life an awful lot easier. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, move on and find the nice the nice comments. Um, so uh, before we go, Terry, would you um like to tell everyone where they can find you? Of course, the best place is the website www.theinstructorpodcast.com. Over there, you'll find all the stuff for the the podcast. You'll find latest episodes and playlists and all that kind of stuff. You'll find the stuff for the Instructor Podcast Premium, where you can sign up to get even more lovely content. And as we kind of touched on before, get to actually find out some of the maybe relatively interesting and educational things that I may say now and again. Uh, two two tiers of that. You've got your ten pound tier and twenty two pound tier. Ten pound gets you pretty much everything in terms of content 22 pound gets you all the interactivity as well so you can come along and join in the discussions you can appear in the live stuff uh expert sessions which people don't like the name of but whatever all that kind of cool stuff but you can find all that stuff at www.theinstructorpodcast.com 
I think those expert sessions, the name might have been slightly my fault. Uh, <laughs> it was, and I thank you massively because that name generated hate, which made it even more popular. Um, and the people that dislike that name, uh, thank you. It's helped me greatly. <laughs> it's interesting because when I when I um, gave one of those courses, I I disliked the name expert because <laughs> I'm like me, I'm not an expert. <laughs> but yeah, it it makes sense. I, I like I like it as a name. Um, so anyone looking to find me, you can find me at the instructortrainer.com um, or Cowley's Instructor Training on Facebook. Um, like we've talked about today, I offer one-to-one Zoom sessions um, and I, I love delivering those sessions and I think people get a lot out of them. Um, and well, certainly from the feedback I've got anyway. Um, but but I enjoy I enjoy delivering them. So yeah, um, if if that's one of the ways you want to go about your CPD, then um, yeah, get, get in touch. So Terry, I've asked everyone, and to be fair, this is going to be tricky for you because you've already done quite a lot already. I ask everyone for one tip to, for instructors, like a one last tip um, for instructors to to before you leave. So what was your one tip for instructors? Do you know what I'm? I... I would double up slightly and say do something, but I'm going to add on it slightly and I'm going to talk about exploring, explore, experiment, find what works for you. You know, if if you're listening to Phil's podcast and you like the sound of, of what I'm talking about, go and check out the Instructor podcast. If you check out the Instructor podcast, you go, oh, no, don't like this. This guy's an umpty. Then go and find a different one. Don't be afraid to go and pay for a workshop. We spoke about workshops before. Yes, you're going to have to pay for it. Yes, it might cost you 150 quid or whatever, but you will learn one of two things. Either you will learn really cool stuff that you can take away and apply to your lessons, or you'll learn that presenter isn't right for you or workshops aren't right for you. And yeah, you might have laid out 150 quid, but you've still learned. And then, you know, do you know what? Workshops aren't right for me. I'm going to go do something else. So, and I can apply that to your lessons as well. Explore, experiment. As we say, if you're trying out coaching, don't be afraid to go wrong with it. Don't be afraid to tell your students, I'm trying this thing today. You know, don't be afraid to, oh, here's a suggestion I gave someone recently. Do a free to hour lesson for your student and tell them, this lesson isn't for you, this lesson is for me. I want to practice some stuff. You're still going to get to drive, but I want to practice this. I'm going to ask for your feedback every now and again on how it's going, you know. Don't be afraid to go out and experiment and try and just explore and see what works for you. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, yeah, do do some different stuff. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for coming on and um, telling us your story and entertaining us more than you normally do on your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening um, and see you next episode. Cowley's Instructor Podcast, where the learning never stops. Thank you.